0: Welcome to our panini this is Aratova Beth, we are learning about Hanukkah, Freylich and Chanukah. all the brachas to everybody, Baruch Mith and B'Gash Mith, we have Geula. Amen. So, um, today we're going to, it's a, it's a, it's a really, hmm A huh? little, we had a little break there. Okay, we're saying that, um, we're saying that. We're saying that um, there seems to be a very strong connection between Hanukkah and Yates Kislev, and the, really the question we want to ask ourselves is what is Hanukkah? Really, that's my question. <laughs> I used to walk around with that question for many years. But it's Hanukkah? I don't want to know the story. I want to know what it really is, and what does it do for me? So we're going to have a peak view into it. I am going to jump ahead and say um, something that I feel is magnificent. When you look at Hanukkah, we know that every day we light another light. And the standard explanation is
1: because
0: there's more darkness every day, so you need to add more light. True, but there's a much deeper explanation which is that Hanukkah is a sneak preview into a reality that we normally don't get to see. I don't remember if I said last week, I probably didn't, that I once, we used to have a shear in Manhattan, and I once was the speaker, and I took a pushka, put a coin in in front of the audience, and asked, did anybody see that burst of light? And everybody was a little embarrassed, because they didn't. I said, no, I didn't either. And they felt better. And I said, so really with most mitzvahs, there is a burst of light, but we don't see it. When it comes to Hanukkah, you do actually see a burst of light. You're not seeing the burst of light. You're not seeing the spiritual light that, w- that we send out to the world, but you're seeing a drop, a billions, of quadrillions of the light that's actually being sent out into the world, and you get to see it. So, or you get to see, you have something, as opposed to when you, go to, when you bring your coat to be checked for shatness, you don't actually see a burst of light when you walk out with your coat that was just checked. And I doubt that the shopness check, checker is experiencing that light either. So Chanukah is a different thing. It allows you a sneak preview into a secret world that normally we don't see. And now we can see a little bit of it. So what is happening in Hanukkah? Every night the light that's going out to the world increases. When we add another candle, we actually get to see, yeah, last night was one, tonight is two, then is three, then is four. You actually get to see that every night the world is becoming more luminous. It's not not only you light the candle to make it more luminous. It is becoming more luminous, and you have access to this reality, which normally is completely concealed from you.
1: It's beautiful. That's
0: pretty amazing. So it's access to a hidden domain. And it's that same light in the Meneira, it's that same light that when Hashem created the world and said, Let there be light, he are, he then hid it away. Well, it's too strong. What are you gonna do with such a light? How can you have a world with so much light? It's just you need to be a vessel for it. Because, you know, we always say that about the hot water. If you have the hot water urn and it's really hot water and there's no cup, and the person puts their hands there to get the water and they have no cup, not a good experience so too much light and no vessel not a good experience so Hashem knew to conceal the light where did he hide it he hid it in Tyra and he hid it in the Hanukkah lights that's why we feel something when we see the Hanukkah lights or at least other people feel something so so what's Hanukkah One of the things that Hanukkah is, it's a a peak view into the concealed world to see what's really happening. Plus, plus, plus the revelation of etzim and ephesh. Okay, these sound like words. Everybody, your inner, inner part also is revealed. What was hidden becomes revealed. So in the Sikha the Rebbe is saying that one of the things about Hanukkah, the difference between Hanukkah and other Yom and is, our, this victory is primarily a spiritual victory. And all the others are a physical victory. You know, Purim, they tried to annihilate us, God forbid, we survived. Hashem saved us. So it's a physical victory. We are here. And all of these other, and Pesach, we, we came out of slavery. Things happened in our lives. But this one is a physical, this one is a, mainly a spiritual victory. So what we do when we celebrate a victory, when we celebrate a Tov. It's food. We, all our young of are food, and we eat certain foods. This one, you don't have to eat any food. We do have a minhag with latkes, but you don't have to eat any food. You just you do it with a, with with lights instead. So what's that all about? Why, why are you doing it? Oh, Because the spiritual victory. Okay, this is words. It doesn't it doesn't grab anybody. You know, you can say it over. You can repeat it to somebody else. But it's not like what does that mean, you do that? So what is what is it all about? So um, let's just look at the foods that we eat. The two kinds of foods that we eat at a yantuf meal are what makes a suda on yantuf? What must you eat, even though people don't like it? What must you eat at a Yantaf suda? Meat?
1: And bread. even before meat? Wine.
0: And even before wine? like bread. Wine. bread. You have to wash from my that's a Suda. You know, did you have a Shabbos Suda? If you, on Shabbos, if you wash for a piece of bread and eat your piece of bread and bench, that, that was a Shabbos Suda, you're fine. You fulfill the obligation. A Shabbos Suda means you eat a piece of bread. Oh, you want all that fish and wine and all that other stuff? That's good. But bread makes it a Suda. And then there's water. And so we know bread and, bread and water are two, these are the basic foods. It's very basic. 30 days, the first, how long can a person go without bread? Not so long. And without water, much less. Much less. Four days, I think. Much less. 30 days without food, maybe longer. These are basic things. You need basics to just keep alive. So in Tyra, it's the same thing. The two, the bread and water, correspond to of Tyra. Halakha. The reveal part of Tyra, Halacha. In order to live a Jewish life, you need to know what to do. It's just basic stuff. You know, oh, I'm going for this course, and they're going to teach me all about Judaism. So what they teach you is the basics, how to keep Shabbos, how to keep kosher, the basics. So first you need to know the basics to just have a basic Jewish life. To be alive in a Jewish way, you need the basics. So you need to know halacha, you need niql of So what do you need, and what are the other two things that you eat at a Yontes meal?
1: Wine.
0: Wine And oil. Oil is for satiety value. I say every single year when I say this. Once there was this man, not from the community in any way, he was standing outside of a restaurant here that has, Bar HaShem, you know, oily, nice, oily, spicy Jewish food. And he walked in and he said, sure does smell good over here do you have anything that's fat-free or salt-free? And they said, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. He said, you sure it really does smell good? You sure? He said, I can only have fat-free, salt-free. They said, we do not have salt-free or fat-free. Oh, no, we do not. So basically, as I remember from my nutrition courses, why do you need oil? You ever try eating a totally fat-free diet? It's not fun. It is not fun. Nobody, stand up and prove to me that it's fun. It is not fun eating a fat-free diet. You might like the way you look, but it's not fun. So then, oh, it's fun to eat a fatty diet. Yes. A greasy diet is fun. It gives you pleasure, satiety. You feel full. So, and wine. What do you experience when you drink wine? Hey, guys, let's celebrate. Life is good. I don't know why everybody has these long faces. Life is good. You feel happy. So when we... Basically, what does it mean you feel happy? I forgot about my problems. I forgot about the parking tickets. And I drank some wine. I forgot about the parking tickets. I'm, I'm focusing on higher stuff. You know, okay, so you... Imagine, you say to your friend, enough with the parking tickets. Here, have a little wine. You'll forget about your parking tickets. And you'll enjoy all the bruffles that you have in life. Basically, you'll move up from being dragged down by the lower stuff to the higher stuff and re- look at all the wealth of what you've got in your life and forget about the parking tickets. And guess what? You have the $150 or you have the $500 for the parking tickets. I'll give it to you. I'll give you $500, pay off the ticket, and enough. I don't want to hear about it anymore.
1: Nope.
0: Well, let go. I don't want you to give me, listen, uh, the government is giving you $500. Let it go, right? We want to move to a higher level where we're no longer stuck in the struggle. Wine takes us there. So Friday night, when we want to let go of the world where in which there were parking tickets or possibilities of parking tickets or annoying parking regulations or stuff like that or God forbid worse, we want to move up to Shabbos and we want to, disconnect from that stuff so we drink wine and hopefully it works we drink wine so wine corresponds to the secrets of Saira wine goes in and the secrets come out wine corresponds to the secrets of And, and and it takes you to a higher more secret level what we were saying you know about Hanukkah, there's a secret level. There's a, whole other, there's a whole other reality going on over here in the parking ticket or whatever it is. So um, um, And it gives you highest. And so remember we said that in Tyra, there are two parts of Tyra. There's what you have to do and what's it really all about. Same thing with Chanukah. What can you tell me about Chanukah? What do you want to know about Chanukah? Well, one person will say, "I want to know what you have to, what you do. You know, how many? When do you like? What time? How? How many? What's the bracha? What do you do?" Another person says, I, "I really am not going to waste my time in a class hearing what to do. I can go. I can find out online. I want to know what it is really. Don't give me. Don't give me the. Just send me the. Send me the PDF about what to do." But I want to know, what is it really? For that, that's not the basics. That's not the bread and water part, part of Tyra. That's the, the wine and the oil part of Tyra, where you, you, you go up to a higher level. And with wine, the secret, Razin de Tyra. What's better than Razin de Tyra? Razin de Razin. The secrets of secrets of Tyra. <coughs> that's a very deep place. That's the Hanukkah place, that's the place we get to on Hanukkah, so we want to go up to that place, and that's denoted by oil. The oil is deep within everything, and we know you know oil is part of everything. When they had the oil embargo forty years ago, I remember I had to buy carpeting at thirty five years ago but was it then I was buying carpeting.
1: And the, oh, boy. I thought you were buying carpeting. Oh,
0: so nice. <laughs> up on the wallpaper and the carpeting. But I remember the price of carpeting. What? It's a schmata carpet. How expensive is it? So I said, so much per yard for this kind of a carpet. He said, it's because of the oil embargo. But what is the connection between my carpet, your prices, and the oil embargo? He said, there's oil in carpeting. I never thought there was oil in carpeting. To create the fibers, it had they have to have some oil-based product, and the oil was very expensive. So the price of carpets went up. So that means there, if there's oil in carpeting, there's oil in everything, basically. So it's kind of a part and parcel of everything. And the same thing, the same thing. So so, de the the deepest secret that's inside of everything. That is denoted by oil. So, um, okay. And not only that, the thing about bread and water, you eat it all the time because it's basic. So you just, you eat a lot because you need the basics. And you can't do, survive without it. The thing about wine is, it's not, you don't just jug wine or juggle or jug, juggle, however, you don't just, you know, Slurp down a bunch of wine, but you have it, it's a chashevah food. You don't have to have it, and therefore you don't drink it as a basic thing, but you have it on certain at certain times, Shabbos and Yontif, etc. Special times and in itself, by itself. <laughs> you don't wash down your sandwich with wine, except if maybe you live in France. And it has its own bracha. Whereas oil is a totally different thing. When you want to rise above all of your struggles and forget about the parking tickets, you may drink wine, but you are you know, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm so ice-mensched today about all those parking tickets. I, I, I couldn't. Give me, give me a glass of oil. I, I, just, I just need to get away from it all. You ever hear anybody say that? You know, you walk in here, you say, I can't believe it. Oh, my goodness. I moved my car one second later and they were already there with their with their, with their parking ticket. I, I, I can't take it. Do you have any olive oil? Pour me a glass. I never heard anybody say that. But it would make sense. Because if wine takes you out of the world, it's a secret. that takes you to the, the hidden domain, then oil should take you to the hidden, hidden domain. Give me a glass of oil. Whew. Oh, that's just so much better. Wow. Imagine drinking a you know, give me some more. How much is in the bottle? I'll get you another bottle. Just give me two glasses. I just need it. I just need it. Never heard that. Isn't that strange? So, but oil takes you to an even deeper place. It's the secrets of the secrets. So why not drink it? Why not drink it? So what do you say? You can comment. Just a Why? But why can't you drink it? Physically, why can't you drink it? You ever tried it? Oh,
1: Tastes it awful.
0: Your system cannot tolerate it. Not good for your body. You, you cannot tolerate, you know, a bottle, a bottle of, of, of olive oil. Two, you know, two eight-ounce glasses, new therapy. When you're in a bad mood, when the world is just getting to you too much, to drink two eight-ounce glasses of olive oil and you will feel better. No, 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 because it's too strong. We don't have the vessels to, to take it in. So what do we do with it? So, we, and why do we drink it? Why do we drink wine? For simcha, for chayef. Why do we drink oil? Why do we have oil for tainug, pleasure? What kind of tainug? (laughs) Like, there's a lot of goodies in life, but, for instance, right now I'm looking at this wall and it has this, um, these amazing leaves all going along the wall and it's, stunning and I hardly ever look at it because I'm busy thinking about parking tickets. So I could be noticing this. There's a lot of pleasure in these. If I really put myself into looking at these, this growth on the wall of these beautiful leaves, I could have pleasure enough for the whole day. Why am I wasting my time on those? I don't have parking tickets, but, you know, or being annoyed at the parking regulations. Why? So, there's a lot of time in, in life, and it's there. It's even in everyday life. And somehow we bypass it. Like, oh, nice leaves. How do you like my leaves? Yeah, nice. I've got to talk to you about my parking tickets. Story of life, right? Diana with the parking tickets. Look at the leaves. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. How do you like the leaves? Nice. Okay, I have a phone call coming in. I can't talk now. I can't look at the leaves. Smell the roses. Smell the roses. Smell the roses. Smell the roses. So, but we don't take this oil, which gives us access to this pleasure in life. We don't take it as a a a, a, mashka, a drink by itself other it would harm us, and there are some footnotes here that are cut off so although today more there is you know there are certain therapies where you you do drink oil you know in a certain way. but what do we do? Do you ever eat oil? yeah. Ah, uh, you mix it with other food. That's the Indian, by the way, of a latka, a donut. That's the one food that we have the custom to eat. What is it? What is this latka? It is the bread and water, the flour and water, mixed with oil. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And we'll see in a second what that's all about. It is flour and water, mixed with oil, fried in oil, You eat the – they're all mixed together, and you want the oil. Baked donuts are not the same. It's that fried, greasy – some people say that for eight days, their whole house smells like oily, greasy, because with the laskas and the frying and all that other stuff. You want it for the oily taste. You want that oil. Listen, I'm busy thinking about parking tickets all day, and and I'm not noticing the beauty, the kind of the pleasure – in my life. Okay, so the oil will do it, but it needs to be mixed in carefully and skillfully with other things. That's why, how do we see that in everyday life? It's called coaching. It's called coaching. If, if someone's complaining that they have all these problems, you can't just say, to, you can, but you won't get anywhere. If you just say to them, you know, stop complaining and, and, and notice all the good things in your life, it doesn't change their life. It's, first of all, not the first time they heard it. And secondly, it's, it's not going to work. It's just straight oil. Like, look at all the beauty in your life. Why are you complaining? It doesn't work. Unless you found many people that it works with. So then what do you need to do? Coaching is called you mix up that message very skillfully in all kinds of questions and little exercises and, you know, what would you think if you were, would be open to stepping into thinking this way? Well, maybe. No, but I'm not telling you to. Just saying, what, what, what kind of a person might you be if, and you carefully mix it all together, so that at the end, the person says, you know, I think I have many buckets in my life. I don't know why I'm wasting my time thinking about parking tickets. Coaching is a tool that only came into the world in, in, in this generation as an expression of this idea. Mixing the oil in with everything else. Not taking it straight. So isn't it true, you cannot say a good message straight. Nobody wants to hear it. It's the top, top, top of the line message. You can a little bit mix it up, you say, I heard it from this speaker. Okay, tell me this year, but don't say, now take it to heart. Don't tell me what to take to heart. You're stuck. There's no way, beautiful messages Remain beautiful messages. They don't make beautiful people. They just remain beautiful messages that beautiful people like to tell to other people that they should do. Because it needs to be skillfully mixed in. So now that's what Hanukkah is about. Hanukkah is about mixing the pleasure, the beautiful message about the real Tainug in life, mixing it all in. So we eat the latkes. We eat these foods that are, you know, the straight basic message. Listen, you've got to know this. Your life's not going to be any good unless you learn to, 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 to count your blessings. Good message. Mix it in. Mix it in with something. It'll work better. Hanukkah, we eat those latkes, but we don't even go for the basics. On Hanukkah, we are celebrating that oil. Hanukkah is when we get access to this hidden pleasure in life. But again, you see how smart Hashem is? Hashem is the ultimate coach. Hashem doesn't say, you know, Hanukkah is about just understand the miracle we had. And Hashem very skillfully presents the miracle to us in a way that we can digest it. He doesn't have us eating the oil. He has us lighting a menorah. So it's already more ethereal. It's more 60s-ish. <laughs> Light a candle for peace. No, it's not so. It's not the basic Jewish way. Eat a latka and sit there and stop fetching. Here, you're complaining about the tickets. Eat some more latkes. You'll stop complaining. And sour cream. Then you'll fall asleep. Latkes and sour cream. You'll fall asleep from the dairy and the allergic and the and all the. The carbs and all that, and you'll stop fetching and I'll feel better. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so Hashem said, no, 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 no. We're going to do it in the '60s way: light a candle, light a menorah, and we'll look at the light, and something will happen to us, and the inner light, the inner beauty in the world, will somehow sync up with the inner beauty in ourselves, and you'll have this communication going on between inner tainug of the world and the inner tainuk in me, wherever it's hidden somewhere. It's there somewhere. Because the biggest tvetch has this place of inner tainuk. Often, when we see babies, all of a sudden it comes out like, oh,
1: it's so sweet? right?
0: And the parents are saying, we were up the whole night for the past six months. Like, um, we're glad, you <laughs> know. But is oh, so sweet. So there's a place of inner Tainug in every single person where they feel the joy, the pleasure of life, the beauty, but it needs to be teased out. And it seems like the Hanukkah, Menorah teases it out. The light, which is not quite physical. You know, light is not physical. It's not Gashmi, it's not Ruchmi, it's on the border. This light teases out this inner light in us. So, um, I want to ask if anybody has questions, but I'm afraid because how much I messed up the recording last week. So I'm afraid, please write down your thoughts
1: and we'll do it soon. So um,
0: so that means that the Chiddush and the mile of Hanukkah over every other yodgst is that we don't have a meal. We light candles because Hanukkah is connected with oil, as we said, the secrets of the secrets, which is higher than secrets. And, so, and how much more so, it's higher than the basics. It's higher than bread and water. And because of the great myla of this, we do not eat. We're not, we can't eat it yet. You cannot eat Hanukkah. The light of Hanukkah is so high, we are probably not ready to digest it. It just we don't, have the, we don't have the enzymes to digest the light of Chanukah. All we can do is look at it and do it with our eyes. Now, the interesting thing is, what is the one pa'ula that the Rebbe has given us to do the pa'ula, besides, you know, tell the world about ga'ula and tell them that, you know, he gives man What is the big pa'ula that the Rebbe has told, not what to do with the rest of the world, tell them, here we are going to ga'ula, but what is the, the main project that the Rebbe has told us to do for ourselves, in ourselves, personal work?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Not your heart, not, the, not how you speak, not how you think, speak, deep. open your eyes. This is the focus. Open your eyes. Create a paradigm shift in what you see and how you see. What do we do with the Manaira? We see the light. Very interesting. We see the light. And, you know, when you see the pictures of, of, of the Rebellion sitting and looking at the light, a couple of, I think it was last year, um, I walked into Eishel, and they had the Manaira right there, and there were some people... Um, from Eretz Yisrael, and they were just sitting in the chair, and they were just, you know, sitting and looking at the Manaira. It's an important thing to just sit for as long as you can and just look at the light of the Manaira. Just sit there for hours and look at the light of the Manaira. There's huge power in there. Most people don't do it. They sit for 20 minutes, and then they go on. But there's something about just looking at that light of the menaira. It's clearly connected to open your eyes. I don't know how to open my eyes. Well, start with the menaira. Do some therapy on your eyes by looking at the the flames, and we have seven more days to do it. The flames of the menorah, and read, look at it, you know, just sit and watch it and look at it. There is a, clearly a transformational power in there. That's huge. So the funny thing is that Hanukkah is um, actually at a pretty low time when the story happened. It wasn't during the Bayis and It wasn't during Bayashani. It was in the middle. And um, it's a yanta from the Seifrim. It's, not like a, it's not a yanta from the Tyre. Um And it was a very dark time. It was an extremely dark time when it was spiritually the lowest time in all of history. Because they didn't even want to get rid of us, Rahman Plan. That's not what they wanted to do. No, it was much more insidious. They wanted to keep us around. They just wanted to change us into them. They wanted to, and they, want, they were very skillful. They were very smart. So they wanted to do it in a way that we wouldn't really notice. But we would kind of wake up one day realizing we weren't the same anymore. We, were, we had kind of sold out. And never really were able to target the day that it happened. You know, in Mayor Abasera's book, um, Possible Man, he says something like, "You, you. I guess the idea you're learning and learning, becoming very wise, but you don't realize it. And one day, this person is called on. Somebody needs to crack a code on something, and nobody can do it. And they come to you." And you do it. And you realize you've become very, very... Uh, whatever the word is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wise, deep, smart. You're the only person who can crack the code. When did that happen? You have no idea. You have no idea. When you, when you became able, capable of cracking this code. It was a, it was a subtle process. Hanukkah begins this whole possibility of cracking the code. Cracking the code, there's a secret there. The world looks dark. They're out to get us. They're, does that sound familiar? Who, you mean the parking The parking police? No, the Greeks. Oh, right, right, <laughs> right? Same thing. They're out to get us. I, they, I said, officer, you don't understand. I was teaching Tayra Chassidus, Tayra Chadasha, Nisi Tetsay, to a group of Nusim Siddhkanias and they're like, ma'am, tell us as a judge. They don't care, right? I don't blame them, they have to do their job. So it's they're out to get us, that feeling of they're out to get us. In that dark space, in that dark kind of a situation, that's where we retrain our eyes. We look at the manira, and we start to retrain our eyes and we start to become very wise and very deep. And our eyes are able to see deeper and deeper and deeper into reality. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then you be, and as, as you're going along, you become very wise, and you don't know when it happened. And that begins with Hanukkah. And it happens, Davka, the revelation of these secrets of secrets happens, Davka, in the darkest time. And the answer is, how is it possible, such a luminous, the most luminous Yom in the darkest time? And the answer is because the Seder of the revelation of Tyra is, and Tyra is here to bring peace to the world. The, the closer you, you go, the, the stronger the darkness, the more Hashem pulls out the light of Art to light up the world. So when it was the lowest, Malchus Yavan, this Greek empire that wanted to get rid of us, insidiously by just making us effortlessly melt into into nothingness and not even realize that we're letting go until there's nothing left of our core and we didn't even notice that it was happening. That's about the lowest. That's about the lowest. Um, That is the moment. When that was happening that is the moment when the highest revelation came along. Now, if we I don't know that we want to talk about it on a personal level because everybody will get upset, but just to say for a second, it's really true. If we feel like... ...in situations where um, we were subtly tricked into, you know, uh, what's the word, brainwashed, and, and we thought that somebody was on our side. And it turned out that they had a darker Kavana. When that happens to people, they they really have some emotional wounds that can be fixed easily, but need to be fixed. Right? Because if somebody comes in and says, I am the Russia... And I'm going to, you know, take out the sword, God forbid. So you know what you're dealing with. But if somebody comes in and says, I'm going to teach you all the beautiful things in the world, how to do sports and how to do gymnastics, looks good. What's wrong with that? And they look like the good guys. And they're really the bad guys underneath it all. And they're, they're posing as the good guys. That one's really tough. That's what they did. They started off as the good guys. They didn't start off, with their tough tactics of of slaughtering people, God forbid. They didn't start off with the the armies. They started off with the subtle stuff, just, you know, teaching us a more advanced way to think. And it was really hard to figure out the distinction. Which, by the way, I guess really what we're finding out from Chesitit is, that wasn't only then, that's now. It gets really tricky now. Because as we go to Geula and we are being pushed by the rather to integrate into the world. We're not allowed to run away from the world. Mm -hmm. That means we're going to bump up against lots of stuff that looks good, and it's very difficult to distinguish between what's good for you and what's not good for you. It's very insidious. It's not a simple thing. And clearly we're being infused with superhuman kajchus to somehow get through it and unscathed. Get through it unscathed. Because... You know, if we say, could, could we just stay out of the world? It's, it's too tricky. Nope. So could I have some protective gear? Yes. Well, how do I, where do I find it? It's called Lima de Chassidus. Learning Torah So here's the question. How did these Greek guys, the Greek Empire, how did they manage to be so smart and do what they were going to do? And this is really amazing piece. We know... The Greek empire was Chachma DeKlipa. Chachma DeKlipa. Now, by the way, remember, 2,000 years later, all of this is going to come out as, as the learning of Chachma Bin Adas. It's a two-part system. Whatever started on Hanukkah, then 2,000 years later, with Yates Kislev, morphed into Yates Kislev. So whatever was going to eventually become Chachma Bina Das started off with a certain level of Chachma, a little dot. They came along; the Greek Empire Empire came along with Chachma Klepa, and they were fighting the Chachma of Kedusha. Now Chachma we know is just a dot; you can't really explain it well. It's just this flash of inspiration. You can't do much much with it because you can't really. Flesh it out, but you know that it's true. We knew certain truisms, enod Novada. We knew it. They wanted to make sure we didn't know it anymore, because they were chachmas That's what they attacked: the basic, underlying knowledge.
1: That's what. Uh,
0: that's why when people come today. People come today and they say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: "That's why when people come today, it's all on the recording, though." <laughs> really? So when people when people come today and um and they. they they're, they're, we can survive knowing this basic truth because we went through it already. time. A good time. Okay, so they were chasmedikliya. They were great philosophers, and they had you know great Nebuah, etc. And they they loved taira. They loved learning taira.
1: The
0: the Greek Empire, the Greeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The we'll see in a second how how they got access to it. Remember when Ptolemy Melech, the King Ptolemy, he put all those scholars into a room and said, translate the Tyra.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he was able to get his yinika, his spiritual hands on onto the deepest parts of Tyra. He, he was able to get his hands on it. So he was able to have a spiritual mm, hold on Tyra.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why they had so much power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they felt that they need to defile the truth of Tyra. That's why they said, um, your Tyra is amazing. They loved it. But this part about Lahamin B'Hashem of of this Amunah part, and believing in Hashem and His mitzvah, that one you got to throw out. It's just a little thing. It's everything. And they were really good at getting people to, to throw it out. Um, It's that emunah in Hashem is higher than the Chachma. Higher than what you know is how you know it. How do you know this is true? If somebody comes up to you now and says, oh, 40 years, you're a Baal Tshuva. How do you know all this stuff is true? How do you know there's a God? You're not going to start, okay, you know, send me this, you know, you're going to, you might not know how to explain it yourself. But, And there's something, by the way, I often do this experiment. If you look at the Hebrew letters, you feel something that when you look at English letters, you do not feel. It's not about information. It's a different thing. If I do the experiment, I say, do you believe that God creates the world at every single second? And let's say you look at the cup. You say, well, yeah, I mean, I do. And then, okay, do you believe that God creates the world in every single time? And you look at the Hebrew letters in Tyrus. There's, a, a, there's a, a surety that you have that's much stronger. How is that possible? It's much stronger. Because the light, the is the light is concealed in here. You feel that light. They could, the Greeks couldn't stand that light. Because, I mean, for basic survival reasons. Their culture was based on it's either them or us. It's either Chachma de Kedusha or L'Hazel Chachma de They wanted to survive. They wanted to be eternal. They figured that the Greek Empire was going to be eternal. Is it?
1: No.
0: Right. It was supposed to be. They were planning to conquer the entire world. <coughs> so what do they have to do for them to be able to undo our whole basic thing, and for them to take all the power, they defiled all the the oil. Physically, they defiled all the oil. All they had to do was touch it. They didn't open on those flasks of oil. They didn't rip off the covers and spill it out. It wasn't spilled out oil. All the oil was jars of oil. They just defiled it. They just touched it. They added their little touch. Their little touch is all this good info minus Hashem. That's the difference. All this good info minus Hashem. That's all they wanted. Seems like a small thing, but it's everything. And so they they defiled filed all the oil of the level of chachma dekadusha, Not only physical oil. They defiled the the tainug. The Tainug of chachma de Kedusha and the essence of Chochmah de Kedushah. They wanted us to forget that it's your Taira. That's all. That it's your Taira. So, um, and how were they able to do it? Forget, just cut that line between Taira and Hashem. Learn Taira. Don't connect it to Hashem. That's all they wanted. And that would have accomplished the entire victory for them, spiritual victory. So you see, that's why, this is not about a physical victory. This is about, it's the only time in history with a massive spiritual victory. And, and the reason they were able to do it is because they had Yanika from Chachmah that we said, that came from um, Ptolemy putting all these scholars into, into a room and saying, translate the for me. It was a very negative day, although now we translate the tyra, but we translate the Tyra because the Maishra of our generation tells us to do it. Who's telling you to do it? Kedusha is telling you to do it, not the opposite of Kedusha is telling you to do it. That's, that's also the difference. So, um, and as a result of this, the Gezerah, because they got Yenika, they got spiritual power over the Kedusha of Tyre, the Gezerah of the Greeks, Lashkicham to make them forget that it's your Tyre Hashem, we know they realized, the Greeks realized, it's a great Chachma and Seichel Nifla, wondrous Seichel. They agreed. They were great philosophers, and they were great scholars, and they were amazed. They never saw a philosophy like this before. It was amazing. But the Kedusha of Tyre, no, no, no that, they fought, they used the translation of the tyre into Yavanis, into Greek, to be able to squeeze out and try to obliterate any any Kedusha of tyre They just didn't, they thought they could do it. Now that's the Nechudah. They <coughs> thought they could do it. And this is a hayra to Rahman Lachat all parents of struggling youth. Because there's that feeling that those who look to, you know, we don't even want to say, the world is full of, like somebody said, somebody said they were in a bar and they saw this very Adela-looking young man. And then they recognized him from, you know, this and this place. And like, wow, how did he, such a t- like such a beautiful Adela's face, end up in such a grub place? And the power... Okay, this friend and that friend, and this one and that one, and this disappointment and that hurt, and this yada da 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 da, da 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 The feeling is lost, lost, lost. No, no, no way back. God forbid. That's what the Greeks thought. Once we get them over to our side, they're
1: ours forever.
0: They'll never go back to the truth of Kedusha. What the Greeks didn't know is that there's a point at which you can defile defile 99%, but once you hit rock bottom, you hit that spark. Yeah. That's right. You can't ever really defile a Jew. You can't ever really do it. You could, God forbid, defile 99% of him, but there's a point at which once that's touched, the whole person pops back into Kadusha. It's just like, boom! and everything starts falling falling into place, either slowly or often very quickly. And it exists in every single Jew. That means the Greeks thought they could take their project to the end. You can't take such a project to the end. They thought they could defile all the oil spiritually and all the oil physically. They didn't realize that there's always going to be a flask of pure oil that is impossible to defile. And through that, the whole rebirth of everything happens. And God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, sometimes the darkness that has to happen to get to that is too much to watch, but it's a guarantee. What was discovered and proved in the world by the Greeks without them wanting to prove that, it's a guarantee. You can't ever defile a person down to rock bottom, ever. Certainly not in this generation. In other generations, we could lose a person, God forbid, for a whole generation. Three generations later, they popped back. You know, that's all of us. Even if our parents and our grandparents, you know, whatever, kind of gave up what they grew up with, like it just popped right back. Like it jumped jack in the box, it just popped right back. So um, they used, they, they opposed the kedusha of, of Tyre. Um, and they used what they had from the translation of the Tyre into Greek to be metami, to defile on the Kedusha in Tyra, that it shouldn't be noticeable, the Greeks wanted, it shouldn't be noticeable, that it's the, the Chachma of Hashem. They wanted it to be known as Chachma of the world and not as Chachma of They were never going to succeed. If they knew that, they probably wouldn't have started. It wasn't worth their while. They didn't know that. Now we know that. I wonder if anybody knew that other than Big Tzadikim. That's really the question. That's my question. This fact that once you, that, that there's that dot in all of Yiddishkeit, in every Jew, that cannot be defiled. Did anybody know, did regular people know that until the story of Khanika? Probably not. Probably not. Until that moment in the story of Klanaka, maybe only Tzadikim knew it. And then it become, became palpable, visible to the entire world forever. Became visible to the entire world forever. You cannot defile Yiddishkeit down to the core. Once you hit the core, it it pops back up in full blossom, in full bloom. Chanukah is the revelation of that. So what is Chanukah? The revelation of the truth that there is no such thing as the ability to defile Yiddishkeit, God forbid. The best that one could do, God forbid, is temporary job, and not to the end. That's what Hanukkah is. Right. So, where then do we see the miracle? The miracle is... Ah, yes, good. The miracle is that we see... Um, where is the miracle going to be visible? So we understand where the defiling went, happened... Then where did the miracle happen? Same place. What do you mean? Where they, wherever they attack, that's where the miracle should be. That's fair, no? What did they attack the most? The oil. They attacked the oil. Physically, they attacked the oil. That was their biggest accomplishment.
1: By yes, yeah.
0: by touching it, they defiled it. They clearly knew. Something. I mean, Maybe did they, they, knew from, they learned from probably because they knew from. I mean, I guess the question is, did they just, you know, they were defiling everything. So is it that they said, ah, we're going to defile? Maybe they didn't know consciously. Maybe they were just messing everything up. So everything was got in their hands. So did they know? Did they? Did, you know, did somebody send down orders from 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 the top ranks? saying, make sure you touch every bottle of oil? Maybe not. So maybe they didn't know it consciously, because then they probably would have said, make sure you spill out all the oil, and I don't think they did spill out all, all the oil. So they may not have known it consciously, but on some spiritual level, they knew that's what they need to do to defile all the oil. Because otherwise, if they don't, somebody's going to get back to the menorah. somebody's going to light it, and that is going to shine the light of truth to the entire world and then the greeks will fade into oblivion and they did you know it's a nice country but it's not an empire it just didn't succeed with their thing to with their philosophy so the miracle had to be the the defiling was with the oil so the miracle had to be with oil and we know they found one cruise of oil, and was the only pure one, and how do you know it was pure? Because it still had the untouched seal of the Kayan Gadol, and of course we know it was only enough for one day, and, and we know, and, there, and it went for eight days, we know that. Because, now why did the miracle have to happen with this cruise of oil? Why? Because the Gezerah was, to disconnect taira from Hashem to make them forget that it's your Taira. They wanted to defile Chas on the kedusha in the Taira. So, the miracle had to be in the kedusha of the Taira. Wherever they attacked, that's where we had to attack. That's where the miracle had to be. To, they wanted to get rid of the kedusha of Taira, so Hashem had to make a miracle to prove that you cannot get rid of the kedusha of Tyre. Can't, this Tyre secha, and of course, what happened? They found one cruise of pure oil, and and um, with with the seal of the kaien gadol, meaning the highest level of purity, that the Greeks cannot put their hands on. Probably the reason that they didn't see it, the reason that they didn't defile it is. They didn't see it. Why didn't they see it? it was Why was it, it was hidden physically? You mean they hid it even deeper in the earth? It was hidden spiritually. It was something probably their eyes could never see. It was, It was probably from a frequency that they could not experience. It might have been right in front of their face. They probably didn't see it. I mean, it was probably also deep within the earth, but it's not like if they had done and done and done. It's a level of Kedusha that they cannot find, touch, perceive, understand, deal with, relate to, work with, none of that. It's only available and visible to those who have Yiddish eyes and gu'ul eyes. And by the way, that exists today too. That's what we were saying about the parking tickets. There's a level of guula today that's only available to certain people who do the work, who do the constant guula work, and levels of reality, flasks of pure oil, become available. Because think about it. In any crazy, messy, we're just going to pick ridiculous situations. Uh, again, you know, persons, like, just went outside... They went to move their car, and it's 1.35, and there's the guy, there's the officer writing the ticket. What are you going to do? Is there a miracle embedded there? Not only a miracle, but okay, so I went to the court, and I spoke to the judge, and I gave him, you know, whatever, which you can't do that. The miracle could be that the officer will say, okay, I'm not giving you a ticket. How do you find the miracle is embedded in the situation? How do you find it?
1: You
0: have to kind of expect it. Okay. Okay. Which means you have to. Okay. Which means you have to turn in, you have to tune into the gu'ula frequency. Let's open your eyes. Which means you can't look at it with Greek eyes. You can't look at this situation with Greek eyes. You have to look at it with Jewish gu'ula eyes. Because when we're upset, you know, when the amygdala is aroused and we're upset, the amygdala in the brain is aroused and we're upset, so we just see a mess and we're upset. We're angry, we're sad, we're this, we're that, we're, we're, we're so victimized, we're, we're gonna write to our senator, or whatever we're gonna do, we'll write to our member of parliament. But when we are work doing the Gaula work and being in that moment, then we realize, wait a minute, there's a miracle embedded there Can I find it? When we're not in the Gaula space, there's a cruise of miraculous, there's a cruise of oil there. There's a miraculous solution over there. Will I be able to find it? Well, if I have Gaula vision, I'm going to see it right away for pretty soon, I think. So, um, um, so they found this, who's the pure oil, the, the the Yidden. And of course, it was with the seal of the coin. The, the highest level that the Greeks cannot find. And there was a miracle. It went for eight days. In a way, it's not a miracle because that kind of oil never goes out. That kind of light never goes out. So it was a miracle, but you could say on the level of eight, it never goes out anyway. They just They found that level of oil that just never goes out. It's almost like Whoever had Ayah probably could have said, oh, this kind of oil? We have no problem. This this one's not going it, to... It's called oil for one day, but this is eternal oil. It just keeps on shining. Um, it's one day extra past the seven days, including the seven days of the week, etc. Okay, and here, this is where... I want to just bring out this really important Nukuda here. This is, how does it hook up with Yates Kislev? Because this is really the Nukuda. This Indian is emphasized when we learn Nistra of Tyra. The oil and the...
1: The oil and the... Oh Oh,
0: she wants to know to come. Yeah, tell her to come. But you're on the recording worldwide forever. Melissa, somewhere in Argentina, is gonna hear that. She just wants you to text her. Okay, back to the recording. We entered the world for a second. So we're saying there is a level of reality that wow, I would like, I would like to have. You know what I would like. If I could order order on Amazon, order on Amazon. Where do I get my hands on this Pach um, Shemantar? This food of, of oil. Where do I get my hands on it? I want it. It's in how do I find it? Can you buy it? Can you order it? Can you It's inside and how do I access it? So how we access it is through learning of the deeper parts of Tyrus. Because when we learn niglav tirah, it's involved. tirah is involved with stuff of the world. You know, how much, how, what do I, what kind of a bracha do I make on this? Do I make a bracha right the first bracha, a last bracha? How fast do I have to drink it? How much matzah do you have to eat in the first? How many minutes do you have to eat your first kazayas of matzah? All of that. What do I do with it? That's nigluf tirah, which means niglav tirah is dealing with stuff of the world, a piece of matzah. Uh, a glass of water, a, um, a phone, a telephone, if your phone is sitting, if, you know, there are whole Shilas. If, if you have your something, can you use your phone as a uh, something, wake-up call on Shabbos if the phone part is turned off? There are all these Shilas. What do you do with stuff of the world? If you've got mud on the bottom of your shoes on Shabbos, can you wipe your feet off? Things like that. Once you're involved with these kinds of things, you're basically, you're, your head is in mud, boots, shoes, telephones. And you're, you're falling from that Manira, luminous kind of spiritual world down into shoes, boots, you know, telephones, things of the world. And when you do, you can start to
1: fall
0: into a more of a dark place. Then So, you can fall into the wow of the world and fall into the details of the world and kind of Forget, or or even even a little bit higher, fall into the brilliance of halacha. Like wow, halacha is so amazing. How they derive those halachas. So w- the lower level is all I think about all day is shoes and boots and telephones because that's what I'm busy learning halachas about. That's where my head is. A higher thing is I'm not busy. And you see very often, let's say we'll go to a Shear, and somebody will speak like this. Within a minute, everybody starts talking about which foods they ordered, and then there goes the Shear. I see it all the time. You ever notice that? You know, say, for instance, I just bought a new pair of boots from Amazon, and, you know, and I was wondering if I can take the tag off on Shabbos. And then everybody's like, yeah, Amazon has the best prices, unbelievable, but... You know, right now it would take a long time because of the holidays, and then you're all, oh, everybody's off on talking about Amazon until you get it back to the shield. But that's an example of it. We fall into the world because we're talking about stuff of the world. A higher level is you fall into the wow of how amazing halacha is. It's so interesting how it's derived. That's the wow of Niklev, That's not That's not as low as the wow of the world. That's where the Greeks wanted us to stay. Fall into the wow of halacha. It's so interesting how they derive these different halachas. That's, that's what was wowing the Greeks. So, but ge'ula is not about the wow of what you do, but the wow of what it's all about, really. Who's inside this wow? Hashem. Oh, right, 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 I forgot about that. Because it's easy to get so excited about the wow of how you derive halakha that you forget who the halakha comes from. That's... Right, and that's, that's the challenge in places where people only learn Gemara. It's a, it's a very big challenge to not fall into getting stuck there and just being impressed with who derived the halacha and how they derived it, and and like and my my and your chiddush and all that, it gets a little tricky. It's it's a, it's a bit of a challenge.
1: Aren't
0: we, smart? Aren't we smart? And and anybody would feel that way because that's where the wow is. And well, who's the, who's the halacha from? Well, yeah, of course, from Hashem. But it, that's not the wow part. The wow part is, you know, wow, you're amazing. You thought of that halacha. So I like I always say when people when you, you say it's our turn to say, Wow, you're amazing. It's only slightly better than being told you're you're a nothing. Being a something and a nothing it's only a little bit better. <laughs> it's like it's, that's not no, 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 no. You know, any comments? Yeah, you're amazing. No, no, no,
1: no, That
0: one's not gonna do me any good at all. Let's not go there. That, that right? The nukud is amazing. Good, all right. And even not. The one who makes the nukud, he's amazing. That's Hashem. Ah, oh, now now we're on healthy healthy ground. So um, so what is the difference between the bread and water of, of Tyra, which is, you know, what do you do with all this stuff? How do you derive the halacha? Versus the oil of Tyra. What is the oil of Tyra all about? Um, it's knowing Hashem. The oil of Tyra gets you to know Hashem. And through this, we have the limit of Nigla of Tyra um, that... The, the, the ultimate, um, sorry, the ultimate goal is you keep learning about halacha, about what to do. But it's permeated with why are we doing this? Hashem. And in a deeper, deeper way. People used to be satisfied, and they were supposed to be satisfied with the fault. Our job was, throughout all the generations, after the story of Hanukkah, just learn halacha. Learn once Gemara came into the world. Just work on figuring out what you need to do and do it. Why we do it is not your business. It's not your business. It was a shock when the Arizal came along and said, Now we need to find out who's behind this and deeper and deeper and deeper details of who this Malach Malak Mashem is that's behind this and what he feels and what he thinks. That was never a focus. It was never a focus. It was one and only little dot. Hanukkah. Wow, Hashem is behind this. That's it. And then it went underground. 2,000 years later, uh, what was in the Nakudah that we learned then? In a way of a drop? There's nothing but Hashem. He's the one who makes the miracles, he's the one who does everything. When would it be that we could find well, how does that work exactly that Hashem is behind everything? It took two thousand years. We weren't allowed to know it for two thousand years. We weren't ready to know it for two thousand years. You just do what you have to do. Don't ask questions. Two thousand years later, now now ask your question. You see the difference? My father always used to say why is a crooked letter? Why was he saying why is a crooked letter? Where do you get such a thing? Imagine saying to somebody now, you have a child or a student or something, and you say, "Do this," and they say, "Why?" and, you say, Why? and you say, "Why is it a crooked letter?" How fast would you lose your job in school if you said that that afternoon? You can't say, "Why is it a crooked letter?" in this generation. So that's what the way it was then, and so gonna bring this all to a summation. And so um, let's just look at the difference for a minute. In Nisr of Tyra, what does it emphasize? That the oil of Tyra in Zebisheman Shabbat, the Nisir Zara Gupa Mudgosh inyan Zebashem and Shabbataira, and it, this idea of what's the essence of things really, where do you get it most? From the secrets of Taira, the wine of Taira, or from the oil of Tyre From the oil of Taira. Number one, the oil of Taira shows on the secrets of the secrets of Taira. Higher than just plain secrets. And, um, and not only that, we're talking about um, we're talking about oil that is not a, a a drink in itself, but you have to mix it with other things, and it and it affects everything. And the dogma in Taira is that you have to mix these deepest secrets of Taira with Nigla of Taira. That when you learn Nigla of Taira, it becomes mixed with what is the essence, really. And not only that, that the oil is something that illuminates and Lamar It's something that it, it, it takes you to the source of light. Not only in your Dalit Amas, but everywhere. When you light the Manira, you're lighting it for the entire world. It gives you the ability, once you're tuned into this deepest, deepest, deepest place of, of light, it gives you the ability to illuminate the entire world in a way that you couldn't before. And not only that, you actually, you... As it says, we have to light the Manira until the feet of the Tarmadai finish. The feet of rebellion come to an end.
1: Okay. When does that happen?
0: Hi, welcome to Orkini. This is Sarah Beth. We are in the Sicha of Hanukkah of Tafshinun Beit about... Um, Chanukah and Yotas Kislev. Now we are on to the question. We're talking about the cruise of oil. And we talked on and on about the cruise of oil, the cruise of pure oil, which is an eternal cruise of oil, which, with which the Minaira illuminated, not just for eight days, forever, and it's still shining. In your menorah last night and in your menorah tonight, is that oil, is that same oil it's still burning? Has it gone out? I'm sure, right? It's the same oil. It's got to be the same oil. It's not just... Why is it the same oil? Because this is an eternal oil. Well, you have to be here for the first two hours. This is an eternal... That seems like an eternity already, right? okay. <laughs> Two hours. It's an eternal oil. That's why it went past seven days. It went into eight days into the realm of eternity. It's from a frequency of inter- eternity. It's from the frequency of the Kintali Yid inside of you, the Nakuda of truth, the Nakuda that the oil that could never be found by the Greeks, could never be accessed by them. It's a different frequency, it's invisible to them. Doesn't matter where it would have been, they would not have seen it and they could not get to it. It's it's in a bubble, it's behind it's behind the curtain for them. For, what for them is inaccessible is for us. There all the time and we keep throwing it away, kind of. Right, isn't that true? In other words, we have this power I'll go back in a second, and revisit it. But we do, but from a Balabatish point of view, true or false? We have this place of eternity in ourselves, where nothing stands in your way. You can accomplish anything. You know ultimate truth. Um, you, it, it, you get younger every day. All that stuff. You're not you. That's the place from which um, the switch happens. As we age, and I don't know anybody in this world who's not aging, even the two-month-old is aging, as we age, we feel like, you know, the time is getting closer to what? You know, to Mashiach. As as we age, but here's the question. How will we live forever? We're used to the idea that nothing goes forever, except it's cruise of oil. When we switch, this is what I've been told, when we switch from living off the life of the body to living off the life of the soul, etc., and the life of the essence, then we live forever. Because if you live, if you live in that place of the cruise of oil, if you live in the place of the oil that was defiled, that's oil that can be defiled. It only has a certain shelf Value, a shelf life and then it's done, it's gone but if you live in the place of the cruise of oil that the Greeks could not find, did not find, could not defile did not defile, never could get to because it's of a different frequency it's of a, of a frequency of, of, of eight, not six, not even seven, of eternity mm-hmm. if we live inside that cruise of oil then you don't get older, you get younger because it's an eternal place over there, you live forever. In that cruise of oil, there's all that stuff. You know, the law of attraction, all that stuff. is all inside that cruise of oil. In that cruise of oil, the frequency of that cruise of oil is a place where it lasts forever. It not only lasts forever, it illuminates the entire world and the darkness. That place, in that, that cruise of oil, lit up the darkness for beyond time, be, beyond, the, beyond everything, beyond nature, and it, I believe, and I, I could Google it, it's still shining. It's still shining. It's in your manaira on some level. Otherwise, why are you bothering to sit and stare at the flames of your manaira for any amount of time, what it, whether it's halakhically 20 minutes or two hours? Why are you sitting there? They, I saw it yesterday on WhatsApp a picture of the freezer graber sitting and staring at the Manaira. yeah you know. And and I know that I like to do it. I yeah. thought you know it's a little '60s ish, but it's a it's, it's a very important divide
1: mm-hmm.
0: So it says, look at the light of the Manaira, and it tells the story. I don't really, I don't see any story in it. It's a frequency. A
1: frequency. It's
0: a frequency, That's a That's, mm-hmm. it's a frequency that, that of of eternity. Eternity not only meaning. Living forever, but no block, no limitations, no aging, no deterioration, no getting creaky and cranky and crusty and crabby and <laughs> none. It's a place of life. It's a place of life. Anytime you're in the middle of painting a painting, writing a song in a sheer, whatever you're doing and you're, 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 you feel like you're in the zone for that, you know looking at the ocean, you know, walking on the sand, and you feel for that second you're in the zone. You've probably tuned into that frequency a little bit. Oh, yeah. You've jumped into the cruise of oil. Yeah. So that's that's the energy of the cruise of oil. That that's the go- now. Sorry, where does the, the cruise of oil come from? Not from everyday life. It's from Geula. It's from Yemaisa Mashiach. It was a jar of oil that comes out of Yemaisa Mashiach, and it somehow you know, downloaded through all the centuries down into down into everyday life. That's the cruise of oil. So we want to jump into it. So the question is, how do you jump into it? Because at that time, all you could do, what happened after Hanukkah? Once this, 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 this frequency was developed, was, was revealed, people said, oh, this is what I heard in Maimonides. OMB The speaker, she was so good. I forget her name from Flatbush, no, from Borough Park. She was so cute. She was so good. Mrs. Shuli Kleinman. She was so cute. She said OMB. She said, you know how in the world they say OMG? She said it's not our spouse. She said, I say OMB. What's OMB? O-M-B. <laughs> oh Oh is that beautiful. Wow. <laughs> she said OMB. Wow. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right. this is amazing so we want to jump into that cruise of oil because that's where it's at that's the zone that's where it's all happening and we want to be in it so at that moment when it happened on Hanukkah it was just a an overwhelming revelation people felt wow you say hello thank Hashem for the miracle just Omb, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, shepherd. This is wow, far out, groovy, mama, right? Wow, this is heavy duty, man. <laughs> like the person I met at the diaspora yeshiva. That was the most ridiculous experience I ever had in my life. I thought I'm going to go to the diaspora yeshiva. I sit down, meet some individual, and say, "You're from this yeshiva?" Yeah. What's it like? You said, "Oh man, it's so heavy. Hashem is so heavy, man. Hashem really heavy." Like, okay, all right, Hashem's heavy, he's got it. I said, oh, i got to get myself down to Dahab. Got to get down my, myself down to Dahab. Dahab is the beach somewhere in Sinai. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. If Hashem is so heavy and he's heavy over here, why do you want to leave? Why do you want to? I guess Hashem was too heavy for him. Too heavy. Said, wow, man, Hashem is so heavy, he's really heavy. So, OMB, that experience of Hanukkah, is OMB, Hashem, is really heavy. This is really unbelievable. I mean, all of a sudden you realize wherever they were holding, what was that, the year, oof, I forget, somewhere in my mem, not 3130, not 3180, that was the destruction of the base Maybe I forget, 3620 or something, or 3260, something like that, in between Bayez Rishon and Bayez 3260 or something, I, I forget, I have it written, just Google it the story of Hanukkah. So we're talking about three thousand years into into history from the beginning of time. What everybody knew until then, I don't know. Because people were on a much more elevated level. What they knew, but at this moment everybody realized OMB, Ainodilvada. There's nothing but Hashem. What do we do? There's nothing but Hashem. So if that's the case, um I'm losing my. Losing my uh. <laughs> if that's the case, then um, what do you do with that? You have this makif, overwhelming experience. What do you do with it? How do you live that way? So, how did they live that way? They started to develop it into a system of learning, right? For 4 for nine ninety-seven, you can take my six week course, How to Internalize, Ain of Novade, that we just found out through the miracle of the Manaira? No. There were no 997 courses. There were no six-week courses. There were no courses to internalize how all of this, this miracle. The only thing that happened was that afterwards, when we were learning Tyra, it was totally different. We realized this Tyra that we were Miser Nefesh for, that the Greeks wanted to get rid of the, the truth of it, this very tyra, what the main point is not the stuff that we learn in it, what to do, you know uh which garment do I have to check for shots? that's not the main thing now that we did for three thousand years, no actually no, a thousand years since Ba well that but rather who's behind this whole thing? Yeah. Who the boss, man? Who the boss, man? Who the boss? Who's the boss? Who's behind, who's behind, it, behind it? Who's behind, behind, it? Who's behind, who's behind it? it? Who the boss, man? Where's it, coming from? Where's it coming from? That became the main focus. So people were now learning Torah and then eventually Gomorrah came in after the destruction of the Basin Mids and you had something called Gomorrah. Gomorrah was going to be a big problem. Why? Because you're not allowed to write down the oral Torah. It's called Oral Torah, Torah, meaning don't write it. Hey guys, which part of don't write it down did you not get? It's called Oral Torah, like, you know, right? Don't write it down. So they wrote it down. Yabi Uda was told by Hashem, write it down. There was a reason, because you couldn't retain, the struggle was so difficult and people were, you know, life became so much harder and people were so much on a lower level Nobody could remember the entire Tyra. You know, we can remember about two words at a time. They couldn't remember the entire Tyra anymore, so it had to be written down. So what's the problem with when you write it down? It's not oral anymore. It's not
1: oral anymore, and...
0: Yeah, you miss all the juice in it. You can... You ever read... uh, That's what I do not like. Let's say you went to an amazing shear, and then it's written down, which is why I object to it all the time. You know, so somebody wrote up an article based on you went you you went somewhere, there's this incredible talk and you just felt like you were flying and your your life has changed. And then they write it up in the Nache newsletter. Eh. Yeah,
1: that's
0: true. It's okay. It missed the
1: life. Right.
0: Yeah. It missed the life. It's like they're telling you about what it was like to be there hearing it.
1: Right.
0: Maybe. But that's why when somebody came to me this year and she said, "I want to take your weekly whatever—audio, video, on Dvar Malfus, and dvaramalas—and I want to make it into a short Instagram, I, Instagram thing," and I said, "Let's talk about it. It's not my idea. Of uh, I, I, I it's, you're taking all the juice out of it, and you and then you're just making more people find even amazing dvaramalas pretty boring." So I don't want to be responsible for that.
1: You're getting
0: you get the information, but you're not getting the dynamics of the person. Right. And that's what the Greeks were about. They said, let's get the info, guys. We don't want the life force behind it. That's what the Greeks went for. They were nice enough. The Greeks put everything they had. They were willing to let go of their empire to win this battle. To win this battle that you, we can separate the info of Tyra from the life force of Tyra. And, and I, I wonder if, if, if they knew that if they push too hard, you're gonna start pushing the yidden. you push too hard, you may lose your empire, and they did. And they were so determined to do it that they, 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 they lost their empire over this battle. Right, but that means it's an important battle. So it's the same thing when we take, in my opinion, when we take the life force out of this amazing video or amazing audio, amazing sheer that was, you felt like you were on fire and we put it into a quick Instagram, you know, 10 liner, Mm -hmm. you're doing the same thing, in my opinion, that the Greeks did. It's just like basic. They said, just give us the basic info about this connection to God piece. Scrap it. That's what they said. So it becomes very easy when you throw it into an Instagram little post. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. I
1: agree 100%. Everyone has
0: their own perspective. And the proof is, how many people have you met on the street that said, oh, I read this incredible Instagram post about the Parsha of the week. My whole life has changed. <laughs> Nobody. They just have more info to make them feel like, yeah, I know the Parsha. Oh, you didn't tell me the Parsha. I already read the Parsha. Yeah, I know They're falling asleep. They can barely finish the sentence. They're falling asleep. That was what the Greeks wanted. Hey, guys, fall asleep over over Tyra. Just go for the info. So, therefore, now, and the life force comes back from Tyra on Hanukkah. So, how are you going to get this life force coming out through the Tyra, especially now that we're going to have the Gemara and the Mishnah over the next thousand years? And now you're really going to have a Nesayin because if it's written down, you can read it. Did you read the Gemara? Yeah. Was it amazing? Not particularly. No, but the way this one derived the halakha, that one derived the halakha, I know, that's your thing, not mine. I mean, personally, would you go and sit through a Gemara sheer? No. no. No, no, no.
1: Tedious.
0: It's very tedious. I don't know how oh, they do it. it.
1: i try it. Yeah.
0: Uh, You know, and that's also the female mind, like, who cares? Just tell me what to do, you know, just, or like, what's the essence of it all? You know, so, you know, so Rabbi Yishmael was saying this, he said that if you take an ox and you hold the ox and facing the north, then the ox were like, whoa, north, what's the meaning of north, really? (laughs) North winds, let's think about winds. And then, and, and Yishmael, Yishma, Kale and wow, and they're like, oh, boy that's like the lady show and the men shul, <laughs> right, <laughs> right? The, the women are all wow yishma kill here you know i know when i hear songs i feel an experience that's what we're about you know tell me about the essence they're like I, know, I just you know let's see what did you grab say very different approach it's, it's a feminine approach i want to know the essence of is is, is is very feminine so this kind of like feminine wow this is a busy this is a happening place so the fe- the feminine energy came out on Hanukkah, like, hey man, this is it. Hashem is Hashem is really heavy man. This this is this is it. Okay,
1: thank
0: So <laughs> Grand Central, Wait, welcome to Grand Central. So what happened to Tyra over those next thousand years after the story of Hanukkah? Did, we, did it totally change Tyra? No, not really. As it says that after the Gezerah came off and we had the miracle of Hanukkah, how did we have it? By emphasizing the luminary in Tyra with the miracle of the oil. The Seder in learning Tyra then was still learning Nikla's Tyra, you know, deriving the halacha. For, I think, a thousand years, deriving the halacha. Or some some amount of time like that, um, because in the time of the Tannaim and the Amoraim, those who put together the Gemara and the Mishnah, as Hashem told them to do after the destruction of the Second what was it like? All of this Kabbalah stuff was concealed. So Midechachamim could not get it a regular student was not getting the Kabbalah stuff, the juicy stuff, the Chabad.org stuff. They were not getting that. Only special taddikim. And even then, it very quietly and only individuals. It was very quiet and etc. as it says in the Gemara. Vigam Rashbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Amr Bazar Rashbi said, Lo niten lagalas, lo Permission was not given to reveal this this kind of knowledge. This wow that we discovered, it was one and only it was one word. Wow. W O W. Wow. And we saw it in the Menorah that it went for eternity. Wow. That was about as far as we got. How do you put the wow into Tyra? Remember the wow at that moment of Hanukkah. And when you learn, just keep remembering the wow. Or or however it went. But we weren't allowed to do much more than that. As and then the Arizal says what Rashbi said. We're not allowed to reveal these secrets. Now we are. Now I've been told. So Rashbi, Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai, was told we are not allowed to reveal these secrets. And then the Arizal, 15, I guess I don't know the, the calculation. Wait, 3832. I have to go from English to Hebrew. The second base of was destroyed, I think, in the year 3830, and the 15. The year 1500s were. Well, fifth, I forget. face. Uh, something. Okay, I have to do the math, put it through my phone. So the Arizal said some thousand years later, two thousand years later, I think, yeah, two thousand years later, the Arizal said, now it's a mitzvah. The very thing that the Arizal said we're not allowed to know, now we have to know. So what is the thing that we weren't allowed to know, and now we have to know the wow that we saw in the menorah when that miracle happened? Wow, there's this piece of eternity that, that cannot be destroyed. Not in a Jew, not in Tyra, not in Hashem, not in the world, not, not in anything. And we have it. And it's in Tyra too. Where is it concealed? In the Hanukkah Menira? That wow is in the lights of the Menairah, which is why we want to look at them, and in Tyra. So when you look at the words of Tyra, if you haven't been through the system and, and had bad experiences, but if you've never seen Tyra before and you look at this you do feel wow unless you have other issues uh you know clouding it from when you grew grew up but if literally you never saw the the holy words of Tyra ever before you have no negative experiences when you look at them you will feel wow because you you'll feel the miracle of Hanukkah, in them the light the the hidden light in there so so the Arizal said, now in the 1500s, 2,000 years after Chanukah, it's a mitzvah to reveal Pnei to and then it came through the Baal Shem, the Maggit, and then Chabad Chasid through the Al et etc. Yutzat Kislev. So now, fast forward from Chanukah to Yutzat Kislev, I think, is about 2,000 years. I think, I don't remember, 20, 60, I, I, I can't remember, but it's about 2,000 years. Right. So I, I've done the math before. It's about 2,000 years. So what is the difference between Hanukkah and Yudes Kizla? On Hanukkah, we get it in one dot, the little Chochmah of taira, one dot, one cruise of oil. Just wow, Hashem is in everything. And if you live in Hashem's space, there's eternity. Wow, how do you do that? Well, just I can't really explain it now. Can you just hold on for two thousand years and then I'll explain it to you? Yeah, sure. I'm not busy anyway. Like I have time to wait. Just put the recording on pause for 2,000. That's what we did. We sort of put it on pause, except that we clearly needed the wow of the miracle of Hanukkah because 2,000 years of darkness, you need something to carry you through. You're not going to be able to go through these 2,000 years of darkness and, and just, you know, and the generations are going down and down and down. You need this inner light to keep keep you going. But then it comes to a point where now the time has come to not just feel the inner light, but to put it in your brain, in your head, and transform your brain. Because remember, you're going to be the leaders in Yen Misa Mashiach. You can't just have plain old simple wow brains that you know, people say, well, how do we do this? I don't know. I just do it because I feel wow. It's not enough. Now you need the training in your brain to be able to know, to take apart the whole wow of, wow, Hashem is eternal and Tyre is eternal and this is the real truth and Hashem is in everything. Now it needs to be taken apart piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. How do you do it? It's called limad ha The learning of taras ha As began Yatesh kislev. So the the Rebbe is saying it in this way. In Chanukah, what is emphasized, the pu'ula of the oil, the luminary of Tyra by learning Nikla of tyra. we'll see in a second what that means. Chanukah emphasizes learning the basics of Tyra, the bread and water of Tyra, but permeated with that kind of, you know, knowledge that there's something deeper there. What's deeper? I don't know. But that knowledge that there's something deeper, we saw it happen at Chanukah time. And so when we we're learning for 2,000 years after Chanukah, it was permeated with the knowledge and the understanding and the feeling that there is a Kedusha and Tyra. This is not just another book. There, it's a holy book. That's what we did for 2,000 years. We felt, we know, we saw that this is not just a book. This is not just a system of how to live a moral life. This is a holy book. Okay? And we knew that this Tyra is a Hashem's Tyra. That one, couldn't, you couldn't dispute anymore. We figured it out kind of the time. This is Hashem's Taira. How do you know we figured it out? Because they wanted to make us forget that it's Hashem's Taira. So since that's what they were here to do, to make us forget that it's Hashem's Taira, what we discovered that it's Hashem's Taira. And that kept us going for 2,000 years of learning Taira. Taira Secha. They wanted us to forget, Lashkicham Tyra Secha, to forget that it's your Taira. Okay, and in this, we're going to come to the summation. So, what, what, what happens on Yotes Kislev 2,000 years later? <laughs> we started to take this, this feeling of it's Hashem's tairah out of its packaging and open it up and start to learn every piece of it Piece by piece by piece. Now we didn't just feel that it's Hashem's Torah, and we're busy learning the info of Torah. We started to actually learn how it is Hashem's Torah. How did how did he do it? How did he put his kedushin into the taira? How does the whole thing work? That that imagine what we learned today. The biggest tzaddik we're not allowed to learn, you know, two and a half thousand, three thousand years ago. Wow. This basic stuff that we learn, and we learn, now. Wow. And, and we learn it, down. and that's the chiddush of Yotzes Kitzli. It's a complete revelation of the oil of Tyra. So imagine this cruise of oil, and you super. You have a picture of the cruise of oil. This would be our next painting, right? The cruise of oil superimposed on a, on a Torah scroll. Scroll. That's what it is, and it's basically the cruise of oil is. Oh, I want to do the painting. I just I'm not a painter. And the cruise of oil, when you when you hold it in your hand, it's emanating a huge amounts of light and it's just lighting up all the letters. You mean, you know, like everything turns sparkly. The letters are there, but this cruise of oil is just illuminating all of the letters of the tires. That's what your test kiss like is. Right. It's 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 the luminary that's just lighting up. Not like Tyra needs us to light it up, but from our perspective, we would look at Tyran like, yeah, nice. You, you know, what parsha is it? Parsha? I don't know. I think it's me case. Oh, yeah, all right, me case. that means from our perspective, it sometimes could appear flat. You know, like yeah, hi, uh, All right, me case. So, but from the from the other side of Tyra, it's just like whoo! Wow! But from our perspective, it's a little dull. So comes along the cruise of oil that we have one of them inside of us, and, and we have one of them inside of us, and and it, we have one inside of us, and we can then illuminate the entire Torah with it, and the entire Torah becomes illuminated with that cruise of oil from Hanukkah. So it all kind of syncs up. So Um, And now we learn not in a way just that we mix oil. We said the way we can have oil now is we mix it with other foods. We make donuts. You take flour and water and you mix it with oil, and that's called a donut. That's called a donut. That's the way we're able to internalize the oil now. The way we could internalize the oil, that miracle of uh, uh, Hanukkah all through the generations was mix it in with the nigra of Tyra. now we came to a point where you can take it straighter take the oil of Tyra as it is but the the oil itself the secrets of the secrets of Tyra, becomes a major food source right that in a way that it comes by one of us we are now the things that we knew that Tadikim know we're able to know, and we're able to ask about it, and no no one's allowed to tell you if you ask a question in a class that you're not allowed to know. They may say, I don't know, or I don't have the time, but they're not allowed, and no no one dares to do it, so that you're not allowed to ask, excuse me, right, well, today, today, you know, today with the, the situation in the world, you know, if uh, somebody goes to a school and they say, they ask a question, they're told you're not allowed to ask this. then you know, it's all a law case and you sue them and all. And I said, right, can't do that. You feel uh, emotionally abused and you have to go for therapy for eight years. And, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing. I know because somebody told me that. You know, I felt a professor, felt uh, emotionally uh, based. So no one can tell you anymore that is not your business. They can tell you, listen, I'm not going there. You can go there. Go online or something. But your doctor can't tell you. You know, you say, well, I want to know why, you know, whatever. You know, my eyelashes are looking like this, you know, the past six months. The doctor is not going to he, – he's not allowed to tell you. That's none of your business. <laughs> Certainly not in America. No, no, no. They cannot in do Russia,
1: you. In
0: Russia. In Russia. and. On the kid I did that on the kid But it's it's none of your business today. Any deep, deep knowledge about anything, you are allowed to know. And so, like my son says, knock yourself out. I was like, go for it. You know, go, 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 figure it out. Uh, I'm not going to do the work for you, but everything becomes open. How does the Shem feel? How does he think? What does he mean when he says this puffet? Why does he divide the party like this? Why is he calling his miketz this week? What's going on in his head? How is he feeling about me? How is he feeling about himself? How is he feeling about how is he like... There's nothing that he says, excuse me? Excuse me? This is my secret. You ask anything, and you're allowed to ask any question. They just may say, I don't know, or, you know, or they...
1: Look it up. Look it up. Yeah.
0: Google it. Google it. Look it up. In our day, it was with the encyclopedia. Remember, they wanted to buy the... En- encyclopedias they look the lookies the lookies they looked it up on the lookies or something like that we got rid of our encyclopedia. so and now it becomes a food that we can internalize now it becomes something we now start to feed ourselves and we're going to finish off with this we start to feed ourselves on what the secrets of Tigress. the secrets the secret, the secret. the secret of the secret oh so now I'm thinking I get it how are we going to live forever how do we start to get younger now? You know, for anybody who got older in the past year. How do we start to get younger now? If we're living off the highest of the body, it gets a little tricky because you start to get older and you feel older.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you're lo- living off the eternal secrets of Taira, mm-hmm. you actually probably don't have to age. You probably don't have to age because that's an ageless place, the secrets of Taira. That's an ageless place. We're going to make L'chaim in two minutes. Really? I have, I
1: have a doctor's no, to come in.
0: Not doctors To see that you got younger. PT.
1: Okay. I'm keeping younger. To keep, 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 yes.
0: Physical therapy. So, so that's it. And, the and, and so we're going to, we're going to end off over there and I'll continue tomorrow. So basically that's the point. That we're, we are now in that place of eternal, eternity, eternal life, eternal everything. It's all accessible to all of us. We, 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 we can get younger, we because it's not that we can get younger. We can tune into that place where there, the idea of deterioration agelessness, agelessness, agelessness. So this is the story of Mashiach. This is the story of Mashiach. This is the story of Mashiach, and it all started with the story of Hanukkah, you just have to finish the recording. So, and that's what we can tune into now and that's what becomes available to us now and that w- that's what becomes the order of the day. It took 2,000 years to get from Chanukah to Yetz Kifle and now it becomes an o- the secret, the ma'ar, this luminary becomes an open book for us to de- dive deeply into and inside is all the goodies of that miracle. All the miracles that we want are inside, so I guess what we want to do as a, as a, uh, a visual for Hanukkah is picture ourselves jumping into the cruise of oil. Jump?
1: The, into the cruise oh, of oil.
0: Because in that cruise of oil is all the goodies we are, is the geula, the, the, the moment-to-moment energy, the infinite possibilities, the youth, the fountain of youth, the fountain of, of joy and inspiration and all of that good stuff—it's <coughs> all in there. So we're not looking so much at the flame; we're looking at the mar, right? The cruise of oil. The flame is the revelation of the cruise of oil. The flame shows you what the cruise of oil can do, because it's light, light and source of light. You can't compare. The, right? So it's true. What's the what's the important thing about Hanukkah? The cruise of oil. Not even, but the cruise of oil is probably is embedded clearly in the flames. Because it isn't, in other words, if you buy oil from the store, mm-hmm. it's not like a whole day, you know, you light them an iron, you sit and you stare at the bottle of oil. You don't. Because it has to be the oil done with the bracha, the mitzvah. Once the mitzvah comes in contact with the oil and the wick, then that cruise of oil somehow is embedded in that flame. So you probably get both in the flame. You get to see the visual of what the cruise of oil did and does, and you also probably get to see the cruise of oil somewhere deeply inside of that. And, ha- and, and to really end off, so what does that mean for us in everyday life? We see the Rebbe does not want us to just do. He wants us to tune in the es- into the essence of things when we're doing. And he doesn't want us to just tune into the essence and not do. He wants us to merge these two things which... Until now, we're not mergeable, and he's giving all, us all the kaiches we need to be able to merge the two so that we experience the essence of that cruise of oil in every single thing that we eat, drink, sleep, do, etc. And surely that will take us from this moment that we're in to the eternal moment of the Gula Mitas and it should
1: be... Immediately Amen. Right now. Amen.